Hit it. Are we ready? All right. Hey, welcome everybody to another <laughs> episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Nina caught me off guard right I there. I sometimes like to make it raw and just fun, you know, like it just, you know, is more authentic that way. That was so authentic. So I catch you off guard. <laughs> we have right. a special guest that's joining us today. Yeah, we have Onyx up here today with us. Usually we create her for this, but let's just see how good of a doggy she is. Onyx can. is a sun goddess. Anywhere when she's inside the house that like the sun is peeking through the window and projecting onto the ground somewhere... Even if it's she like will sit in that spot, yeah. Even if it's like a, the size of your fist, well, look, she will go this, and sit it, there, so it's coming right on her. The head. one coming into our room right now is the size of her paw. She has her one paw and her one eye in that sun spot. She's trying she's, to get some vitamin D. Yeah, she's so cute. <laughs> um, so it's Memorial Day weekend. It is Sunday. We didn't do anything crazy. Um, we didn't really have any plans. He had a lot of work. Well, to the knock entire out. world's on lockdown for the most part. Yeah, so. <laughs> but listen, because we have listeners from like all over the place. I so I'm not from St. Louis. Um, so there's some things that I have not experienced yet in St. Louis, such as the Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. And, and for anybody that's ever seen the show Ozark on Netflix, it is absolutely nothing like that show portrays it. <laughs> yeah, I kept asking you through the entire like seasons. I was like, is yeah, this what that, it's like? Is this real? Is this that real? show <laughs> makes the Lake of the Ozarks look like a very different place than what it actually is. Um, so Lake of the Ozarks in the summertime, people from St. Louis, Missouri, and Kansas City, Missouri, and all over actually... Uh, that's like a big spot people go they got lake houses down there and people party on the lake and all i know is from my perspective because i'm like an outsider looking in it's like the spot to go every fourth of july or memorial day weekend i feel or like labor day yeah. or labor day everybody's just there what is it like four well, hours this is away like the, this one that's just happening right now is like the opening of the lake it's is like this the, how long how far is it uh from us it's probably like two hours and 45 minutes oh i thought it was farther okay so it's like whatever almost three hours away but whenever like I'm on Instagram or somewhere or your friends or other people that we know in St. Louis, it's like everybody's just always there. Just mm-hmm. always there. I have never been. It's called Lake Rats. But here's why. <laughs> I was under the impression that it was a super Hoosier trashy place. Okay. Based on the show you watched. No, no, no. No, it wasn't based on that. I'm from the East Coast. So like we go to beaches. We don't go to lakes. I don't understand. You go to ratty beaches though, like Jersey no, Beach. I don't understand the concept of going to a lake. Like I feel like a lake is scary and dirty. And I know anyone listening is probably like, she's so stupid. But just listen, that's just what I grew up with, okay? That's your perception from a different part Correct. Of so like, I don't see as like going to a lake to go party. Like, this is nothing to me. <laughs> but Brian showed me a video this morning. Amidst, uh, amidst this coronavirus, you know, quote unquote pandemic that's going on that I don't really care about. It looks like freaking Vegas. With the yeah. video that you showed me. Yeah, there's, there's a place down there everyone goes called Coconut. There's yachts everywhere parked on the lake side of it. And then there's like people on like these swim-up bars. And it legit was like music blasting. This just happened yesterday. Today's Sunday. It would happen on Saturday night or Saturday during the day. And this is like two hours away from I'm like, why were we not there? Yeah. And to give you some like some comparison compared to like what you maybe grew up with is like from a distance perspective, Lake of the Ozark is, is 90 one or 92 miles it's literally the entire length of the coast of california okay. size-wise. like it's huge okay and people go down there and have a good time but i actually yeah we saw some pictures this morning my buddy sent me in it was like lake of the ozarks in um you know osage beach missouri makes major headlines because it's like the biggest party in the country for, and, no, and no one is abiding by social distancing guidelines yeah. and it shows these pictures of the bar coconuts and it's literally just wall-to-wall packed with people how many times have you been there to Lake of the Ozarks? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. My dad had a place there growing up. Oh, really? Yeah. So we would go with him quite a bit growing up. And then, 
you know, later in life, I would go every now and then. My, my one really close buddy had a place down there. And so we would go with him throughout college and stuff. But not a ton. Not like every weekend yeah. by any means. I just, I, I guess I'm missing out. And now I'm like 31 years old. So it's like, I don't know. Is that like still a scene for me? I'd say if you, if you go down there, you can still have a lot of fun regardless what you do. But if you go and you're like going on a consistent basis and you don't have a boat, it's there's really not, it's not super fun. So we have opinion. to get a boat first? Yeah. Hmm. No, you don't have to. You can, but I, I know. But most I don't people, want a boat. I want a yacht. Because a lot of the fun stuff that you get to, it's it's way easy to get to places on a boat. But if you have to drive there, it can be very long drive. So like, driving, like a twenty minute boat ride could be an hour. So all those boats that are parked out there, people yachted their way to that club. But probably most of them. Oh, yeah. I got you. So we can't. But just... there was, I saw this St. Louis radio host yesterday who was posting these pictures on Twitter, and he's like, "My friend just sent me." These photos of people <laughs> down at the Ozarks totally not abiding by social distancing guys' line. I really hope that St. Louis and Kansas City aren't responsible for the resurgence. Oh no, I I I was happy. I was happy to see people are having fun. I didn't really think of that that about that too much. Mm-hmm. I was just more surprised. Like, holy shit, it looks like Vegas down there. Like, yeah, it looked it fun. It looked good. Um, contrary to my very misconceived vision perception of what, of what I thought the Ozarks was um in other news guys i have been waiting almost two hours this morning to start recording our podcast that's because princess here was taking forever to take a shower he comes downstairs and i realize that one of his eyebrows is smaller than the other one (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's gonna grow back before he makes a public appearance anytime soon doesn't bother me but this thing is no it's it belongs on Onyx's face. Like, that's how small the eyebrow got. Doesn't bother me at all. Whatever. I don't know why you plucked it yourself and didn't ask me to do it. Well, you know, had to clean things up. Live, you live and you up. learn. Maybe maybe I went overboard on one yeah. side, but it's okay. You, you, you. <laughs> Luckily, the thing with hair, it grows back Now I got to stare, stare at you. Every single time. Every single time. Now I got to stare at yours. That's even worse. <laughs> Mine are just super bushy right now. <laughs> um, what else? It's super nice out here. It's been 80s. Yeah. Above 80s. Today's going to be like 80 at 9 degrees today at some point. So I the weather's. Got I did the yoga and the meditation outside this morning. Yeah, so I was meditating inside and I happened to look outside our window, which I always do. And I see Brian laying there half naked in our. Yeah. G string bikini cut. On our patio. That's right. Tanning oil. I just use olive oil. Mm-hmm. Makes it better. So the sun glistens better. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Today's episode is. Was inspired by Brian, actually. Well, I was inspired, but it was by something he said. Yeah which happens often these days, but we were sitting outside the other day eating our fruit in the morning and I was slipping into this state of mind where I was kind of getting annoyed with a health issue. Long story short, I've been going through a health issue, but it's like getting better. And I was just like, ah, well, like I want to work out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like complaining. And I was like, but you know what? I've been so good on my positive train that I feel like sometimes when I'm not positive, it's like, Nina, snap out of it. Like it feels so much better to be to be positive about it and just push through things that aren't yet going your way. And he looks at me and he goes, well, what's the alternative anyway? And it made me think for a second. And I don't know why at 31 now I realize some sentences or some phrases or some things actually make sense to me, even though I've heard them throughout my life. But that in that moment just really made me kind of step back for a second and kind of stayed with me through today and this morning of like when we slip into our patterns of complaining or getting scared again about the same thing that we just worked on for a week straight or a month straight because it hasn't manifested yet or hasn't come to fruition yet, I feel as though that is a negative pattern. 
and it's or behavior, right? Or or negative patterns that you have to be responsible for catching in yourself and saying, whoa, 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 no, this is going to work out. Like I've been, I know this and I'm putting positive energy towards it. I can't mess this up by putting negative thoughts towards it and being unhappy and creating an unhappy environment for me and those around me. Like nothing's going to come to fruition that way. So I don't know what it is like in the human mind. It's like sometimes we just kind of like fall off the wagon. We do so good for a couple weeks and then it's like the one day it's like, oh my God, like, why is this taking so long? Like, what if this is wrong? What if that is wrong? And these thought patterns continue to bubble up. But he was right in the sense of, if if I could stop and remind myself or write it or like tattoo it on my hand, what is the alternative? The alternative to be negative. Well, I don't know if you exactly explained how it was said because you were talking about like, I want to get over this. I want to get back to be able to working out yeah. and going for walks with you with the dog in the park and, and all these different things. And I could sense the impatience coming out in like what you were saying, right? Yeah. And you were like, you said something, it's like, I'm, I'm trying so hard to be positive about this. And that really st- stuck me because the way I look at things is what is the alternative? Because you can be impatient and positive and still be pleasant to be around, right? Or you can have, you know, you can be thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I'm impatient about this thing. I want it to happen and be negative. And then you're, then it's like two bad things, right? Because you're still going through the situation regardless, but you have a negative outlook about it. Yeah. You might as well go through the situation and, when, and have a positive outlook yeah. about it. Like, so my, in my mind, I'm like, what is the alternative, right? Be miserable and be miserable to be around versus being positive and, yeah. and, and just moving through this situation. Well, the ramifications of being negative and impatient and like doing two things negative at once is that you're unhappy I'm not doing things with a full heart. My day-to-day gets more stressful. I get more stressful. I'm unhappy. My body's taking on more stress, so it's not healing the right way. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a domino effect when you're that way. But when you're impatient and going through something, but you're positive, I feel as though there's like an upward trajecto- tra- trajectory there. Um, Absolutely. And that's where I feel like the rest of my life is handled too. Like, I've got work going on. I'm, I'm trying to handle that. I'm trying to ease into my way of getting back the, the website going up again. Like, things are like moving. But when I get negative, it's like I can't, I spend all day just talking myself out of it, you know, and meditating again or trying to like get myself out of a funk, which I do believe that some of us have to learn to master. And I'm still trying to learn to master that. Sure. On, on, on certain things in life trigger, trigger that for me. Thing. Yeah. Other things like, when it comes to business and money, I don't get triggered anymore. I don't really care. But now when it comes to me, it's like I have a lesson to learn at every turn of life, you know, just teaching me the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I was inspired to think like, you know, what, what is positivity? What makes me, what is positivity? What's the feeling? It's just happiness. Like you're happy and content. So I started doing some research on just scientific facts about happiness this is all based in parlaying on epigenetics a few weeks ago, if you guys listen to our podcast, where it says that your mind, your mood, your energy all contribute to your health and well-being. They contribute to the things that you attract in your life, you know, all that stuff. So I'm like, there's got to be some scientific proven research to back the fact up that when you're happy, things are progressing in the right direction. You just can't trip up on your negative emotions and feelings though. You got to keep it positive for as long as it takes. It could take two months, three months, a year, whatever. It's supposed to be a lifestyle change. You're supposed to be that way all the time and learn to become that way. I think when people say, this is a bold statement, but I think when people say like, oh, you can't be happy, positive all the time. uh, I think that if you, I think that if you work on it for long enough, you can be like you are. Your, Your disposition is that of a happy person. 
99.999% of the time. Mm -hmm. I never see you lose it. My mom is the same way. Well, you know how I always remain in that happy state is I always remember that at the end of the day, we're just a giant hunk of fire hurling through the universe. So whatever could be a potential problem in my mind is really not, not so big. Yeah. But, but, the thing I, is, I but the, no, but the thing is remembering that and too, eventually we're going to die. Yeah. But you know, it's like people forget the tiniest little things. You're like right. Why we're here. And That's the important. point. In the moment, we forget these like little triggers to help us. Like we forget my God, this is not a big deal in the grand scheme of skiing. Oh my God, three more months of rest, big deal. Or I'm just a big ball of fire, you know, huddling through the universe. Like we forget to think about these things when we're in that negative space. Correct. And we can talk about this later if you want, but I want to also state that it is far beyond just our mindset and measuring our emotions there's so much more that goes into it and i can touch on that later but I just it's want to energy that. we're all ener- we're the whole point is but it's i think it's more around too that you have to create these strategies that help you remove the negative emotions from your body we carry our emotions in our body 100 right and then that affects our mindset mm-hmm. and if there's like you know there's a million studies on all these different things around like what you consume from like a food and drink perspective how that's going to impact your emotions. Correct, but I'm going to stop here. That that's not epigenetics doesn't talk about that. Epigenetics talks only about the power of the mind. Correct. I'm not talking you about can, epigenetics. Yeah, I am. Your your food could be shit, but if your mindset is super positive and clean and clear all the time, and you're just you are you can some people can master their mind better than other people can. Then my my mom says also she goes and even poison won't kill you. Like some people can just really tune into their minds. And their emotions to align consistently that they could be meat eaters and drinkers and smokers but they die happy and they live to be a hundred and never had an issue that's why it's because technically it's our mind body and like our emotions that have to align consistently do we have time in this modern society to work on ourselves all the time no that's the problem that i see that we are not taught these things in school we are not taught to live our life around being able to give time to ourselves to learn these tools for ourselves. But I absolutely, I do agree with you that diet plays a role. I think diet can be helpful. I'm not just saying that. I'm saying that I think since we live such a busy life and because of it, it's so much easier for somebody's mind to become anxious. Correct. To become unhappy, right? But if they can consciously implement other things in addition to that, it's so much easier easier mm-hmm. to stay and i'll just give you an example like yeah. you know i just mentioned i did yoga outside this morning the very art of me do i'm sorry the very practice of me doing that for 20 minutes in the morning just basic stretches right helps me stay happy throughout the entire day mm-hmm. right like it helps me stay very calm i don't get triggered by things that's a very basic thing that anybody could implement right yeah and there's very there's scientific reasons why that happens because it lowers your cortisol levels and when your cortisol levels are higher it's easier to stress it's easier to get angry it's easier to get anxious and like little things like that, like I know for a fact, like I've always been very calm, right? But when I used to consume meat, I noticed my mind would run more. And then like in terms of like little anxiety here and there or be thinking about negative things I shouldn't or like having resentment and judge or judgment about certain things. And then I would take a step back and like, why is this? Why am I having these things happen, right? And I'm and I, that's like a very tangible thing I noticed when I quit eating it. And over the course of a week or two, like those emotions left me it was very interesting there's tools out there yeah, there's, like, saying, there's, there's a lot there's of different things that you, you can, can be do. doing one right yeah wrong way. there's a lot of things you can be doing but it just triggered something in my mind of like yeah that's right like what is the alternative like i've had such a good few weeks 
mentally that I like have just kind of bounced out of it and been like, all right, this is cool. And then I talked to my mom this morning after I meditated and she took it further too. And she's like, Nina, you can look at it a couple different ways. She's like, you can just be happy and move on and take this as a time in your life where you get to rest. You literally have all this time to just rest and work on your business, you know, and just relax for a second. You're always go, 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 go. She's like, and the second good thing is you can't travel anywhere. It's not safe. She's like, you want to go back into the parks? Like you want to, she's like, just hang, just relax. You have a pass right now. You have a free get out of jail yeah. card and for she, chilling yeah. right she's now. She's like, literally, she's like, this is like a moment in your life where you could look back and say, I took off six months from working out, but I look better than ever. I feel better than ever. And I've completely changed. I'm changing my diet and kind of recording everything. So I am going to share that with you guys. But first, I'm going to test it on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm not really sharing too much information because I'm going to come out with this later and see like if what what's working and what's not working but i have completely changed my food as well like i'm i always ate healthy i always ate light but now i'm trying to do i left intermittent intermittent fasting has been a part of my life since law school probably and maybe even before that because i never ate lunch and breakfast even in high school just never wanted to but now I feel as as I'm getting older and I've been working out so much that I've kind of just depleted my body of certain things. And your hormones change. The and hormones change, it. yeah. Without knowing it. So long story short, now I'm implementing things that I've never even had before. But they're all from nature. Mm-hmm. Um, herbal supplements, vitamins, um, certain kinds of things that you find. Like I, We talked about sea moss, but there's something else called Atlantic Dulce, D-U-L-S-E, which is a new thing that I'm going to be trying soon. So long story short, it's a time she was saying, why don't you implement and focus your time on that stuff, on that side of fitness, which is like your diet, your, the food you're taking, maybe eating more closer to earth, maybe not eating salads so much and eating more cooked, smaller cooked meals. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like change it up a bit for myself. Sure. And um, I, I think it's something that we've tested out quite a bit in terms of how we push our diet in certain ways. And I've definitely noticed over time that like, we're at a point now where stuff is just so super clean that it's like, you know, which is what we're used to. Like the bad thing I ate yesterday was a, I chopped half of a banana, dipped it in organic peanut butter and stuck it in the freezer. So that peanut butter was the most processed thing I ate yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I was getting at is you don't have to work out. No. As much, if at all, Mm. sometimes, because it kind of depends on what you're going for. But like when you get to a point where you're eating so close to earth, your body just naturally goes into like how it should look, right? And you're not overweight or unhealthy or, you know, all these different things that you may think from before when you're eating a bunch of food that wasn't close to earth. But like the closer you get that way, all of a sudden you're like, if I work out too hard, my body actually counteracts and like reacts to that because it's telling me you're good. Like you're good already. You don't have to go run six miles I've got you. Like I'm already, you know, you're 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 creating such an amazing efficiency with the calories that you consume and the quality of the food that you consume and how your body absorbs it that it's just not necessary yeah. much anymore. So my mom was like all of this is forcing me to really learn about ayurvedic medicine and ayurvedic diet, which is actually the most um they say that it is the cl- closest thing to like what a human should be, how an optimal human should be living and eating. There's like a science behind this whole thing. It's a, it's a very, it's like the one of the most ancient medicines in the world. And it's causing me to read more about that and implement those things into my lifestyle. Long story short, my mom's like, Nina, it's been like two months and you're losing weight instead of gaining weight. 
She's like, come on now. Like, what are you worried about? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sharing these things because I know women, most women think like this and feel these things. I'm guys listening to this podcast probably like, she's crazy. (laughs) But, and my mom was right. And so like, obviously I do not have the ripped six pack I had before or like the ripped abs that I had a couple years before. But am I thinner? Yes. Am I healthier? Yes. Do I have more energy? Yes. Is everything in my body that I'm putting in fresh? Absolutely. So like I'm, it's like a different point, a turning point in my life that I feel as though I'm going through here at 31. And it's like a mind and body kind of thing, you know? And where I was the girl who'd be running six, seven miles without a freaking problem and like a protein shake, it's like, well, that's not flying anymore for me, you know? And clearly I have enough vitamins in my body because my blood work comes out correct all the time, but there's still something there that's saying like, you're overexerting yourself at this point. And so how do I bring balance back into my life? Um, And that's what my mom was touching on. She's like, why don't you use this time to bring back balance in your life and in your food, in your health? She's like, you and Brian should eat more of a variety of different kinds of foods. Learn of what's more in season. Try to order things from outside of the country if you can. That's one of the things I think is super important is like with my exercise protocol over the years, I've gotten so in the habit of just being repetitive. Like I'll go to the store, I'll buy the same thing. You and I both have one flaw. We are extremely... I'm sure we got way more than that. <laughs> no, no, no. But the, this is this is where like, in, our, in our marriage, like I just see this, like, you want to see like one thing that I feel like both him and I have and we don't balance each other out in is the fact that we both have very um, addictive, obsessive personalities in the sense of like when we find something that works for us, we'll do it for 10 years every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think that's really good for business. I don't think it's necessarily the best way to be for Diet and exercise. Diet and exercise. Well, and it's, it's a learning that we've had. So, exactly. Like, so many years in a row, I was so used to like getting the same types of food and eating the same types of food, and there was just not a lot of variety because I was going for a specific kind of outcome, right? You know, with right. My body and with my health. But as I've you know grown and I've learned so much more about you know science and nutrition and, and the human body, I learned that there's so much more that you have to encapsulate for this holistic foundation of health. And it's great, you know, it, it takes time to learn these things. I wish I would have known them earlier. But yeah. now we figured them out now and, you know, we've got a long life to live ahead of us. And I think it's awesome because now we can really capture these different components of health yeah. by providing just tremendous variety and learning about things and, and implementing them that we really never did before. Like I was speaking with my mom about, um, she's like, on your vegan diet, she's like, because it, it's obviously all this stuff with my health is also making my mom talk to my grandmother a lot and like we're all trying to figure it out and she's like look she my grandmother was like you guys when I raised you guys here like my mom grew up in India she's like we had a specific herb for winter time we had a specific thing for January and February we would only cook these kinds of lentils in the winter we would only do this in the summertime in the springtime if you were sick there's like this um it's a licorice root that you chew on that takes away a sore throat my parents they didn't drink Robitussin or NyQuil or DayQuil, which is so bad for you, you know? It's like, we had all these natural holistic remedies and it's like, my mom's trying to kind of guide Brian and I now that way to like ensure that we're getting all the nutrients possible. Now, this is where I get, because it's confusing to me too at this point where I'm just like, you know, like, are meat eaters really getting everything that they need or are vegetarians the ones getting everything or me- vegans? And it's, there's no one right answer to that. It's one, dependent on each person in their body. And two, it depends on your lifestyle. So for us, I feel as though we're more leaning, we're leaning even more towards natural herbs and remedies for things and cutting out medicine. Like I'm trying not to take Zyrtec 
Like I have the worst allergies. Big one. I know, especially where we live, like people's allergies can get really bad. My aller- I have had allergies since I was like six years old and they're so bad to a point where it gets me sinus infections like at least three, four times a year. And my mom's like, why don't you take this time to go learn more about this and Ayurvedic diet and medicine and how you could just heal your allergies for good with food. And that's kind of been what my focus has been um, lately. Anxiety, depression, these thoughts that come up are literally attached to each other. Like I can, I can get anxious sometimes. A couple weeks ago, like five days straight, my heart would be pounding so fast before going to bed because I was just so like fed up with my health thing that I'm going through. And Brian would just be like, dude, relax. Like it's okay. And my mom sends me like 10 articles um, on a natural remedy for like anxiety or for like fear. People have fear of the unknown sometimes and that's what kicks it into gear. And so you won't even believe it. It's freaking turmeric, which is that yellow powder. But it has to be organic and it has to be the root of it that you have to buy if you're lucky enough to find it in your grocery stores. It's really hard to find. Um, That um, with like some other couple of like herbs in it literally has cured anxiety and depression in people. People have left America and moved to the mountains in India for this remedy, to learn about this remedy. And so these are the things that I'm going through, maneuvering through. So this morning, back to my point, sorry, we got off track here. My mom's like, she's like, Nina, most of all, she's like, learn to just be happy. She's like, stop thinking about the next day or the next week or the next moment. She's like, you always want to put a timeline or a time frame on something. And she's right. And it got me thinking like, happiness, just learn to be happy. Why is it so hard for some of us, for some of us, to just be consistently happy and not be running our brains about something to worry about, you know? And I started Googling scientific facts about happiness. And that's what triggered this podcast episode today, that if we could all just not overthink things and not let things that we consume from media or Instagram or what's going on in our lives and kind of learn to be a little bit disconnected in a healthy way, then I think a lot of us could learn to be happier. Sorry, our dog just got up. (laughs) A lot of us could learn to be a little bit more relaxed and happier, you know, on a daily, on a daily, on a daily basis. So here's some, here's six facts about happiness. Happiness protects your heart. Happiness strengthens your immune system. It combats stress. Happy people have fewer aches and pains and happiness also combats disease and disability and it lengthens our life. I read I read this article that I'll link in our show notes because I'm not going to go into each one. Um, Sounds like a very WebMD list right there. Right, but I'm not going to go into each one scientifically with facts just to, to save time here. But reading this article, it like started linking to other things and I started reading it more. And it said people who have migraines all the time, like most people who have migraines, are negative people. And I started to think about that for a second. Then it said people who have low immune systems like mine or people who have allergies all the time are nervous people. And usually have like stomach like well, ulcer issues. You don't have issues. a low immune system. You just have. You were. I think you just as as of recently had some things that were making you a little anxious and so correct like hit you like that. But right. General, Every, everyone great, listening to the show knows. Yeah, the last system. six months have just been crazy for me. So, but that immune system wasn't triggered by food, lack of food. It was more throughout my mind. Like stress can get you so bad that you can have the healthiest diet on the planet, and that's the point I was trying to make. You could be the healthiest person. Stress will bring shit up. Like it will literally manifest crap in your body. And that's where I started learning about epigenetics and whatnot. It said if you could eliminate stress from your life and learn to just ignore it and be happy consistently regardless of your circumstances, which is what you were saying, like Nina, what is the alternative? Mm -hmm. 
you can literally reverse your health concerns. You can always be happy no matter what. Happiness is a legit choice and then it's a it's a job. Like I think you have to some of us have to work on it and work at it consistently. And that's what made me think like wow, like there's more to you know, me 10 years ago only thinking about what I looked like whereas like now in my 30s it's about like what I feel. How do I think? Well, we actually talked about this the other day that I think there's been a big shift that has happened where we're very much focused now around longevity, right? Like yes. health and longevity versus, you know, health and longevity and how we feel every day versus how you actually look every day. I could just like, if I look at the, uh, and this is for a lot of us in our thirties, people who are listening, they're probably in their twenties. Um, when I was in my young twenties, yeah, I would actually have FOMO. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I actually cared if my friends went out and I didn't. I actually was bothered if my girlfriends went out and I didn't get to go out because I was doing something or working, you know? And then like you get older and it's like, okay, you learn to kind of kind of go your own way. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to go out this weekend. I'm going to stay in or I'm not going to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like things that you, it's like different things at different stages of life trigger you. And you kind of start to shed certain things as you become more comfortable being who you are. But then it's like you get into, re- into the real world it's like you've got job, money, career, this, that you're trying to balance all these other things in life. And my personal anxiety and my personal stresses that come from is timelines. I always want things to happen now, tomorrow, today, by 4 p.m. And <clears throat> I tend to impose those same things onto my body, onto what I look like, and onto how I feel. Like, I should meditate five minutes and feel great. Like, that's I'm being very honest right now. Like, I just want things now. <laughs> and that's where my anxiety, I think, kicks in. That yesterday when I woke up, I was like, fuck, like, come on. Like, I just want to go work out again. And it's like, dude, relax. Mm-hmm. It's only been two months. It's like, a big deal. And you look fine. Like, I tried my jeans on, and I'm usually like a 24, 25, or a zero in jeans. And, dude, they're loose on me. Mm-hmm. And I've been eating more now. Than, I've, than I ate before. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lesson to be learned here that I feel as though the universe is forcing me to spend more time on my mental health, on my diet. And my diet doesn't just affect me. I think it's also teaching me for you, like how, because I'm the one who cooks in our house. So it's teaching me like, you, well, you recently both, I've been getting my chef emerald on. I, I will give you the credit in a second. <laughs> Hold on. It's like teaching no, me, teaching me like, hey, you guys are taking this plant-based approach, but you don't live in a country where you have all of the fruits and vegetables that you need. You know, you don't, it's, you have to balance it out more. As you guys get older, you need X, Y, Z in your body. So I'm just being taught, I think, and I'm, and I'm trying to soak it up as a sponge and be positive along the way. But happiness is definitely the one main keyword that I could say. People so positive, don't think, fine, screw positivity. But you gotta be learning to be happy. But this past week or two, I literally was on bed rest literally like sleeping all day all night all day all night and brian for the first time in the 10 plus years that i've known him cooked full meals for dinner if that's not surprising then i don't know what is but oh and by the way they were like indian they were indian dishes so i've always had the capacity and been able to, but what Nina is very particular about how the dishes are made. So 
you usually come in and want to control the situation when it comes to how they're made. Dude, you, I've tried before. No, and you've been like, no, dude, no, no, you made the nastiest on. pizza no, no, no. one time. It no, was no, like no. fucking burnt. <laughs> like, it was like eating like a cardboard. No, you're not. You just that's just not your forte. But he did, and I would sit at the breakfast snook that we have, and I would tell him what to put in the pot and like how to make it and what to do, and and he did pretty well. Like he did really good to a point where like I was waking up to my fresh juice every morning. Like you know. Um, but uh, I breaking think the old programming. Ex- the point is, like, look, he had to change too, you know, and like you learned a lot of things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the happiness fact. I feel like I'm all over the place today. I think happiness is not the goal, but should be the way of life all mm-hmm. the time. Um, for not just for our relationships, but for our own health. I feel as though happiness is like the trick here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna Google this next part, nor did I prepare for it. I'm just going to share and you can share things that we do or think about whatever it is in our lives that we do to help keep us happy. Go. So some of the things that I do, I think I mentioned before is one, I do like my mobility and flexibility stuff that I've picked up probably over the last three, three and a half years that I started doing more seriously. That's something that puts me in a very calm and objective place throughout the day. And so I don't get triggered by things. I don't have anxious feelings come about, like judgment, resentment, things like that. That that has really left. And then I stack on top of that meditation. So every day I'll do my yoga or flexibility stuff first thing in the morning for 20 or 30 minutes. And then I do like a 20, 25 minute meditation right after that. Um, And lately I've been doing this pranayama breathing uh, it's just like a three or four minute thing where you breathe in and out each nostril that really clears your head up. Um, and that's been super helpful as well. So those are some big things that have definitely kept me happy. But I think I just, over the years, what I've noticed is, and I think all these things I just mentioned really play into it as well, is I really try to take the mindset around what's the big deal. And what I mean by that is, if anything happens that's different than you planned for or that maybe you had an attachment to what the outcome was going to be along that path, even if it's different, when you really look at it, be like, just think about it. like, what's really the big deal here? You know, You're like, like why, why would you even let something get you upset, right? Why would you not always want to be in your best, most happy state? Because that's when you feel better. That's when your body feels better. Your mind feels better. People come into your life that are better and more elevated. Like it, there's just so many things that happen that are better if you think that way, right? And so over the years as I've learned that, it's literally put me in this constant state of positivity and optimism because I've learned that that is how opportunities come to me faster, how better people come into my life faster, how I just feel better each and every day. And then it makes me more aware of people around me that maybe I come in contact with in the business world or in the personal world that projects negativity. And I, it makes me hyper aware of when it happens because I will notice it and then I'll take a step back and I'll think, you know, what is it about that engagement that just bothered me? Right. And usually what it is, is like that person was very, negative or they projected like a lower vibrational frequency of something like out of fear anxiety negativity and i notice because i'm in such a heightened state now in my mind all the time that it like bothers me right and so i then i start to analyze that in a sense and be like huh that's really interesting and then what i started to notice over the years is 
these this recurring theme of people that were constantly in this projection of negativity or fear or anxiety and they had lives that I did not look up to whatsoever right like they may have been very good in the business world or something but like personally they were not happy they didn't have great situations that happened to them like all these things continued to happen on a repeated basis and so I kind of learned like wait if I'm doing this one way and I'm having all these amazing things happen and I'm consciously noticing other people that operate in this other way um, and they're having things that I don't think are very good happen, right? Um, why would I ever want to have anything except optimism and positivity at all times, right? Like it's, I've learned, I've gone through enough life circumstances now that I've learned there is no other alternative for me or anybody in my circle. And if somebody in my circle wants to have an, that alternative to not be in that mindset all the time, the un, I don't even have to do anything. I'm operating at such a high vibration, the universe will suck that person out of my life. And yeah. I've seen that happen time and yeah. time again. You don't even have to force it and be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do X, Y, Z to get this person out of my life. When you start operating up there and mm-hmm. your emotional signature that you're casting into the universe each and every day stays in that heightened state, negative energy people just suck out of your life yeah. and it happens way faster and in ways that you could never imagine yeah no that's a very so that's some of the ways that i how i think about it yeah that's the to your last point that's very true like um it's a i'm not condemning like a bad day or like you know a bad mood or you know like but even when you have a i agree even when you have a bad day it's about how you emotionally approach the bad circumstances correct that happen. correct but like in my situation for the last several weeks, it's like I had I had a couple of bad days, but I consistently and continually tried to climb out of those. You know, like I wasn't like talking to Brian or yelling at Brian. It was just that I was the one suffering inside. And it's just like, but you have to consistently try to climb out of those things. But there are people that we all know, they just have a negative disposition no matter what, you know? And like, then they try to pick fights with you. And it's like, they're projecting, obviously. It's like this like nasty negative cycle. And when you have, when you deal with people like that, Listen, I had that experience in my group of friends. And this is like going back to like high school and college days. I can't even tell you how mysteriously and magically those certain people have exited my life. It left me like, what? Like I was too young to understand what was happening. And now when I look back, it's like I meant no harm. I was doing nothing wrong. I wasn't projecting bad thoughts and feelings for these people. But they were about me. And it's like the universe cut them out of my life like overnight and so I've seen it happen with friends I've seen it happen in the workplace certain things that were just not for me it's like other opportunities would open for me or I would have the full guts to just be like screw this I don't want this job anymore you know mm-hmm. and I've seen it happen in relationships too of where people are dating each other but there's like one super negative person and one really positive person but it's funny because there's some marriages too like that that are still those people are like in their way past their 50s and they're together and it kind of like makes me wonder you never really know internally like where the happiness levels lie with those people that's right? true but um i feel so, like there's, there's sometimes in, in relationships people get to a certain point where they're almost like oh i've put in this much time i might as well just deal, <laughs> I might as well just deal with it i don't have much time left no no, no know? that's true yeah um but uh, i've seen it in relationships too especially in the dating field where like when one is negative it's like you kind of just I don't know. Either you you leave the situation or that person gets dragged out somehow um, by some circumstance. That's a very important point. So for happiness, for me personally, what I do is my mom always said this, an idle mind is the devil's playground. So 
You don't want to sit around and lay around and do nothing. You don't want to watch TV or just dumb shows that you're not interested in when you know your mind is running on something. You actually want to engage in something creative or something that you like to do so as to make your alpha, theta brainwaves go higher, which is like that creative flow state that we naturally can get into. That's what takes you into a happy place. That immediately shifts your mind from the negative energy into a happier place. So you want to like cook, you want to bake, you want to do things that you want to watch a movie that makes you happy. You want to keep your mind off things. You don't want to just, you know, sometimes even going for a run is not helpful because your mind will race and obsess about that thought. Mm -hmm. But you actually creatively, actively want to do something with your hands, preferably, or like write, if you're a writer, write something, paint something work on your car or like if you know if you're a guy like do something with your hands and that's going to be the quickest way to get happy the second thing i do is this is really goofy but i write little sentences or phrases that remind me to stay happy and aligned in my notes section of my phone for that day and i'll consistently open my phone and go to my notes section whenever i feel myself shifting so that keeps me in a happy place um the third thing i do is i think about the people in my life and I do it for them. Mm-hmm. Like I realize that me being down and out is not going to help me or them. And sometimes when you really, really love like your family or your spouse and the people around you, you want to do it for them. You know, like when I was talking to my mom this morning, obviously she's been through it with me too. My parents get so nervous with health issues with their kids, you know. And I just realized like when I'm happier, she's happier. You know, but when I like get a little bit of out and out, she's there to pick me back up and pep me back up. But I know energetically and emotionally she's now worried again about me. So I do it for her. Like I think about her and I'm like, man, no, I want to be my best self and exude that because I don't want my parents to worry. So you love makes you do that. But that's like a good thing. Right. That's a positive thing. Um, I also don't want to, although I do lean on you a lot emotionally, um, sometimes there's just like, okay, like, come on. You just want to enjoy your time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to show the universe that I can I can be in control of my happiness. That's a choice up for me to do. Another thing I'll do to stay happy is do something for somebody else. Um, whether I'm creating, c- cooking Brian's favorite dish for him as a surprise or I made him a sweet treat as a surprise or I took out the garbage for him or did his laundry Something that I can do for somebody else. I don't know what it is about serving somebody else selflessly, but it's an immediate mood booster. Like within seconds, you feel good about yourself. I'm trying to think about what else I do to stay happy. Oh, I give to myself. Like I'll, you know, massage, facials, clothes, jewelry, whatever the heck I want to do for myself or pamper myself on. I don't care about the price tag on things when I'm doing it for myself. Those are short-lived, but I think things that are like much better in the long term are like things for myself, like um, manicures, pedicures, massages, facials. I love facials. Things that make you and your body better or healthier um, make me feel better. And I definitely don't, I splurge on that stuff. I don't really care because it's for myself and it puts me in like a happy place, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. Something else that makes me happy is playing with Onyx. Yeah. Yeah, just like full on like being in the living room just playing Bali with her, which is she knows the ball is Bali and she goes and catches it. <laughs> so funny. But it's just like something about their innocent little selves when you're playing with a dog. It's like 
look at your dog. You know, Onyx, she's not holding on to the fact that we yelled at her hour an hour ago for going up the stairs you know she's already here having a blast (laughs) it's like be you have to like learn from your surroundings and learn from nature itself that we have a we have a very negative and unhealthy tendency to draw emotions and thoughts from memory okay if i was feeling like shit yesterday then i'm thinking about it today then i'm gonna feel like shit today Like, we have to continuously create every single moment from imagination and how we want to feel. I think that's when you break negative patterns. When today I was slipping this morning a little bit, I was thinking about the last two months and how, you know, I haven't worked out in two months. That's what was causing my anxious thoughts and causing my anxious feelings. Mm -hmm. But had I created from a, a, a place of new and a new imagination, from a new day, a new moment, a new chance, I would have realized that, hey... I feel the best I've felt in two months today, which is a fact. And I wouldn't have focused on the past two months and then let my mind run. Mm -hmm. So that's another trick that I write in my notes section is, Nina, don't create or feel from memory. Create and feel from imagination. You know, imagine the best positive self that you want to feel and anchor that in your present moment. And that immediately boosts your mood. Absolutely. It's well said. There's a lot of good tactics for people in there. Oh, I hope so. Because happiness is the way. Um, I also read articles on how the United States has the least amount of happiness, like, statistically. Coming at you from the U.S. Census Bureau. That really sucks. Well, I mean, look at the lifestyle here. Yeah. Well, well, the funny part is, is we get that statistic, but we really don't know, like... How do you measure that, though? China very well could have it, but their government's not going to release that information, (laughs) you know? No, we are the happiest country. Um, it's true though yeah we so you i don't know where the statistics come from it's so challenging nowadays that you just can't trust a lot of information Mm -hmm. you know like like i don't know if anybody read this last week this this will be tangential to our happiness discussion but i think it has to do with his happiness is big news came out last week that basically the number one podcast in the in the world which is joe rogan is leaving the YouTube platform and signed a very big deal with Spotify. Right. And you know, he's been around for over 10 years, probably something like that. He's like the first podcast. He's like, like the very first big one. He's got millions of people. His, his podcasts get like hundreds of millions of views and he's been on YouTube this entire time. Well, I, I saw a really interesting thing happen. So he in the public eye came out and is like, Hey everybody, I just want to let you know that I'm really excited. I signed an exclusive deal with Spotify I'm going to be doing all of my podcasts moving forward on their platform starting in September or something like that, starting the next couple of months. And then by the end of the year, we will be removing all of my podcast episodes on any other platform and they will exclusive, exclusively be hosted on Spotify. And I'll be doing that moving forward. I still have all my creative control. I can have what other guests I want in there. And um, basically, it's just that that's where you have to go to access the podcast now. Well, there's a guy that's been friends with Joe Rogan for like 15, 20 years, and he went on his podcast and said that Joe didn't actually want to come out and say this publicly. I want to talk about that. When I saw the news of that a couple of days ago, all that the media was sharing is that Spotify has gotten Joe Rogan, like the, the beast of the podcasting world who can sell anything exclusively to come on their platform and take everything off YouTube and Facebook. When I read that article, it was in the morning when we woke up, I immediately knew what was happening without even hearing the other side of the story. It's because we are in the podcasting industry ourselves and you and I personally always listen to other kind of uh, 
rebels in the field, like David Icke is one of them. Joe Rogan is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and people like Elon Musk, name some other ones that are like free thinkers out there. Alex Jones. The Alex Jones is a free thinker. Mm-hmm. People who kind of go against the grain and go against society and are not afraid to speak their minds and their opinions. And they kind of, when they do this, they end up going against the government. They end up going against big pharma and big corporations and companies that literally run our country. And they tend to expose a lot of things as well, which is not what the government wants. Long story short, I read this and I thought, wow, this guy is like the godfather of podcasting. He began podcasting when it wasn't even a thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, and, and mind you, the last several weeks, we've been following David Icke, who's like a huge rebel in this in this world, too. And I'm like, he's doing this because he doesn't want to get shadow banned. He doesn't want to get kicked off. And he has a lot more shit up his sleeve that he wants to talk about yeah. freely without being worried with, will my content get censored? Because YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram have been censoring things as, if I wrote a post on vitamin C cures corona, Instagram will take my post down. Okay, and so or if I say vaccines are um, killing people and I show that I'm anti-vaccine, these platforms will take my post down. So I'm thinking I'm like, there's a reason why he's doing this. Like he doesn't need money. He doesn't need the hundred million dollars. Like there's a reason. And I'm thinking like he has more people up his sleeve that he knows they're going to he's going to get kicked off anytime soon because it's happening to a lot of other people on our platforms. And then literally later on in the day, Brian plays the interview of Alex Jones. So basically the. So Alex Jones and, and Joe yeah. Rogan have been friends for a very long time, and he's been on his podcast multiple times. And I noticed it recently. There was a very recent, in the last couple of weeks, a Joe Rogan, Elon Musk interview. Not this was like the second or third time Elon's been on, and I noticed in the interview that it was it was almost awkward in some parts because you could tell that joe rogan was restricting the types of questions he was asking i feel like and he usually never does that and elon was being very careful and delicate about what he actually said and i thought something was a little fishy when i saw that and it just didn't seem like a normal rogan podcast well what allegedly happened is after joe announced this stuff beforehand he reached out to alex jones and was like i want you to talk about this on your show because if i talk about it they'll yank all my stuff off youtube right away but basically uh, Joe Rogan wanted to bring on a bunch of different, very esteemed doctors around the world and other types of medical professionals that were saying everything that's happening with this COVID-19 situation is ridiculous. Like it makes no sense. The scientific evidence of this makes no sense to have our world shut down. They're making the absolute wrong decisions. The CDC is trying to control people in the World Health Organization, and they're making like scientifically terrible decisions for what we should be doing with this. And he wanted to basically bring these scientists and these doctors around the world on and have conversations with them. And uh, YouTube said, no, you can't do it. We will take the episodes down. We will ban your platform if you do it. Like got very aggressive. And then Joe was like, what? What's going on here? Basically, these giant technology companies are now, they're going and they're censoring stuff left and right. So you can't really believe what you're seeing on these platforms because they are censoring a lot of information that doesn't align with the official narrative of the CDC, World Health Organization, and what the government wants you to see. And when Rogan learned that, that they were starting to push him off, he's like, screw this. He goes, I'm not going to be censored. He's like, he's like, I, and a lot of people may not realize this, but Joe Rogan is like incredibly intelligent about 
what's really going on behind the scenes. A lot of people would call it conspiracy theories. I, I call them conspiracy facts. He, but he, like, he there's a lot that goes on. But he wasn't always like that. He started off just like kind of interviewing 10 years ago people in like the sports industry, right? Like, well, no, no. Here's, he, well, he's been like this right. for a long time. But in terms of how he built his following, he played it smart. But he's, revo- he's, he's evolved as a person and he's never been fearful of being open with his evolution, I feel. No, not as at though. all. But I think he he was very intelligent because he knew that if he ever wanted to begin to reveal these, this type of information, he had to build an audience in a way that was accepted by mainstream society. And now that he's moving to a platform where he has more freedom with things, he's going to be able to interview the people that he wants without being censored and banned and all these things. So... I think he played this cards very, very intelligently. And you're right. He doesn't need the money at all, right? Yeah. He's doing it because he He's that wants passionate. to fight yeah. the government and these big technology companies that are now censoring the information and trying to control the narrative. And this is going to go far beyond this COVID. Like they're doing it with all sorts of stuff that if they don't agree with it, they will knock it right off and then you know blame it on their artificial intelligent bots and then they'll eventually just ban you. Right? I have two questions with all of this though. And I don't know if someone out there could answer this. Brian did not really have it an answer for me one who is it at youtube and facebook and twitter and instagram or tiktok who actually physically goes and takes these posts down from people like joe rogan or elon or who else or david ike it's engineers who like okay do these people not have a brain? Well, when they have a job that they have people and probably families that depend on them on and they're making money, they're going to do what their boss tells them to do. It comes from the very This top. is what gets me. This is the, that right there. It's like if I was working for somebody, which I've had jobs before where I worked for other people, and I was looking at someone like David Icke exposing things, and my boss says, take that down. What? Like, I would question that. I wouldn't just blindly go over there and take that person's post down knowing that we are a platform allowing anyone and everyone to be on this platform. I mean, what about the First Amendment? Like, do people, these people who are following rules and orders, do they not question why? That's that's the first thing that gets me. And the second thing is, what is it about Spotify that Spotify is not going to take things down? Well, I don't think that... They... Why are these companies doing it, but they won't? Well, I think they eventually could. Spotify, I don't think, was a U.S.-born company. I think that was overseas somewhere. But the uh, it's possible that they could as well. But like Alex Jones is an example where you know people may think that he's he's really out there and he is on some certain things. But he has made a huge investment at the beginning when he built his platform that now has millions and millions of viewers. That he invested himself in building his own video platform that could be hosted independently on his stuff, and he didn't need anybody else. To That's another question. Why didn't Joe Rogan do that? Well, I think when he first, I mean, he was literally one of the very first podcasts. Like, he didn't know where that industry was going to go. I don't think he was thinking with that foresight. No, but why didn't he just do it now? Like, well, why does he? Why is he choosing to go to Spotify? Because look, now my mind thinks, mm, a year into this deal, Spotify can shut everything down and delete it. Potentially, they could. I mean, maybe he will. Who knows? So why doesn't he just take his money? Because I think too, because he wants to have the ability to continue his show as much as possible and start to do what he wants. But it's, it could the amount of content that he has, to it could take a, six months to a year to build that out. He doesn't want to wait for that, right? So maybe he will start doing that behind the scenes until... But to make the investment in building the video infrastructure to host the thousands and thousands of video, like, you know, multi-hour long video content that he has, it's not an overnight... It's, it's not. not. I know it's not. But still, like as a guy who would want control over his own things, I just don't... Well, we don't know if he's not already doing that right now anyway. He possibly could be. You never know. Maybe that's his like back, back, back up plan. But I do know that his 
from at least from what he was said and from what I've read, his contract with Spotify was very specific about you cannot say no when I invite this specific person on my show. I get total creative control. I will be having people on there that, you know, like he was very specific about specific individuals that even other platforms said, nope, you can't have these people on. And he had them specifically named in the contracts, allegedly. Yeah, I'm all for it. But I just know that these big companies, cut, they get out of contracts all the time. And they don't care because they have nasty lawyers on their side fighting for them. So they can renege on their contract for all we know. But it does make me wonder that those two questions and then also the third question is why didn't he just go on his own and have his own platform? He has money to do it. He has people to do it. You know, he can easily be doing that Mm -hmm. instead of taking another gamble and risk on another platform. Um, Because won't Spotify be pushed by the government at some point? Won't somebody at Spotify, the CEO of Spotify or somebody there you know, get like a knock on their window and oh, yeah. say, hey, buddy, we're going to do X, Y, Z to you. Anything could happen. Um, it just makes me wonder, like, what, where is, you know. There's probably, there's obviously a lot of information that we don't have, right? Obviously. Like, we yeah. can only read about what we can find that's being published. Yeah. We don't even know if that information But it made censored. me, th- yeah, and then it made me think about us, too. Like, we, we're like small peons compared to any of these people right now. But like moving forward, where do we host our stuff? Where do we put our stuff? You know, like when 10, 20 years down the road, if this really blows up even bigger than it is now, like, am I going to go on a platform or am I going to just pay a lot of money to have my own team and my own hosting and hope that my audience follows me onto there? I think too that you, you have to also remember that this is probably just the first domino that's falling. I think we're going to start to see this with a lot of people because they don't want to be controlled, right? Like these independent free platforms to use, they at the end of the day still host your content. Or will we create a platform for people where we allow? I think, yeah, in order for that, that would have to probably be a pretty uh, interesting blockchain. I would just have, I would have just, I would have some serious bodyguards around us all the time. (laughs) Um, I would not let anybody from the government reach me or touch me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't care if you're Elon Musk or whomever the hell you are in the pocket of the government. You're not coming near me (laughs) or my family. And I will just blast this platform out and let everybody speak their minds there you go there's an idea there's an idea i bet you right now there's probably somebody working on a blockchain base i do too yeah i think that's already especially over the last couple months after everything that's happened yeah and how these how a lot of people don't realize too that these some of these major technology companies that are doing this censorship right now some of their very early investors like their early venture capital investment was organizations like Incutel or DARPA. I don't know are, what that is. They're basically... Um, What's Incutel? An investment arm of the CIA. So, there's a, <laughs> so that people don't realize this, but a lot of the major tech companies that are used on a daily basis have early seed stage investments or Series A level investments in these companies that are backed by government agencies. And the reason the government agencies make the investment is because they realize the power of what this platform could become early on, like with Google and Facebook and some of these other things, they realize like, holy cow, the the ways that we can control, the ways that we can gather data and surveil people with these types of platforms, if they reach a mass scale, is astronomical. So they will make these investments in these companies and have very interesting terms in there where they have to do certain things as the company scale that a lot of people would have no idea. They'd be blown away if they actually knew what was happening behind the scenes um, with some of these 
you know, early stage investments for companies that end up becoming, you know, the biggest companies in the world that everybody uses like Google. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was a really interesting thing that he kind of, he, he transitioned off of this. And I think we're going to see a lot more people as well that have large followings transition away from YouTube to do their own thing or move to a different one that's not censoring so much in no, the it's, short it's, term. It's, I think it's a great thing. And it, it also made me happy for not going on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I toyed with the idea for so long. Should I do a video podcast along with an audio one and put it on YouTube and build the brand out? And I read a ton of conflicting articles and giving advice for this. And most of you probably know this too. And we did one. I think we did one or two. And the amount of time that went into that to do it, I just couldn't do it. Like there was just so much time that went into recording one and editing one and putting it up and pushing it out that I kind of just like gave up on the idea and I thought, no, audio is the way to go. And also the turnover was terrible. People barely watch videos. They listen more than they watch the video of two people just interacting with each other. And that that even goes for like really pretty, like you all these podcasts like Jessica Alba and um, what's her name? The Skinny Girl Confidential. Like all these girls, even they say they're like, Nobody wants to even look at a pretty girl talking to another pretty girl. It's all audio. So the statistics kind of prove that. And then when I saw this happen, then I thought like even people that are on YouTube with podcasts are going to pull off of there. I think video podcasts are going to end. Audio will bump up. I don't necessarily know if they're going to end. I just think that they're going to be moved to other platforms. But we'll see. We'll I think see. the biggest the biggest reason people put their stuff on YouTube, in my opinion, is because YouTube is the second largest it's exposure. Search, search engine in the world. Right. right. And so even if people are just listening to them, they find them there, right? Yeah, that's, that's where, true. That's, that's true. And yeah. The channel to get to the customers. That's true. People do YouTube everything, yeah. But like mm-hmm. for like a travel vlog, I could see YouTube being fun. For a cooking thing, I could see like a regular podcast which is a dialogue and an exchange and a conversation or a debate is where I was kind of like, mm, and I felt like this was going to take it to another level. I do find it interesting that, that Spotify is investing money too to create a video platform to accommodate him. He's obviously sticking to the video, right? Oh, sure. Um, which I think is awesome. and Good for him. It works for him and it works for his audience. Sure. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think a lot of people are going to follow suit now. Um, Spotify has done other things that are really incredible in the past year. They bought Anchor, which is where I push started to push our podcast through initially so spotify got all the people who ever started to started a podcast and bought the company which was anchor this happened about a year ago and literally made a promise that we're only going to continue to make this better and they absolutely have delivered i mean there are things that i have access to through my platform because spotify bought it Mm -hmm. um and they've done a tremendous job so i have very high expectations of this deal with Joe Rogan and him. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty cool too. It's the first time there's been like a major media deal yeah. of that size with a person. With a he is a person. Podcaster. Yeah, he's a person. Has do you look at him as a brand? No, but he's a fucking brand too. Like yeah, he is a person who's he, a walking, talking brand. They yeah, say that he, was he can a brand sell long before his podcast. Yeah, too. Fear for everything he's done before. He can this. sell more than anybody right now. That's what that's that's what they they peg him as that if he like uh, brands you or sells for you like that guy can sell anything mm-hmm. and that's that's Dude. a very that's a powerful tool to have in your back pocket I feel mm-hmm. but uh, guys that's all we have for you guys today um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast please stay happy that's happiness right. if positivity Keep seems too like voodooish and weird and like meditation is all out there just think about happiness. Yeah. And try to just do things that make you happy. Um, and very in a very basic way to 
work towards that as a tool. And I know we've said this before, and I'm sure you probably heard it a million times through other avenues, is that if you can do your best to focus just on what you're doing in that present moment mm-hmm. and not think about other stuff, happiness becomes very easy because then you're not thinking about something that already happened and becoming anxious or worrisome about something that already happened. And you're not focusing on something that could happen in the future, right? Which could create anxiety or stress. If you're literally just focusing on what you're doing in that very moment and doing your very best to drown out everything else, happiness becomes much, much easier. And so if you can take that little tidbit away with you today and trying to implement that in your life, if I think it would be super helpful for you. Agreed. All right. Love you guys. All right. See you next time. Take care. Next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Did you know you can connect with your hosts, Nina and Brian, on Instagram at Nina Powell Dixon and Brian Dixon 06? Be sure to reach out to them and share your thoughts and suggestions. They love to hear from you all.